are listening to True Crime Fiction, feeding your addiction to the best of the written and the spoken word in crime. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as £1 at patreon.com slash truecrimefiction. There is much to like about Hell Sands, the latest novel from the talent that has ever done Das. And unless something truly remarkable comes along in the next few weeks, it is my book of the year. Set in a future world where everyone is connected to an Inex, think an Alexa which can connect with your thoughts, and a font has been devised which, like a drug, gives everyone a hit of bliss when they read it. It sounds really good. And it is for those who are not allergic or immune to the font hell sands or who like their privacy. Dundas has created not just a meticulously built and well thought through world, but also a perfect allegory for dyslexia. Those who can read Hell Sands live a life which they can easily float through on clouds of bliss, while those who are allergic suffer extreme reactions. Vomiting, so much vomiting, dizzy spells, skin falling off and teeth falling out their mouths. It's like scurvy speeded up. While the symptoms of the allergy are not a direct parallel to what it is like to live with dyslexia, what happens to an allergic is a physical representation of what happens to the self-esteem and emotional balance of dyslexic people who have to operate in a world where they are pretty much set up to fail most days. Extra points go to Dundas for the irony that what the allergic need to stop their reactions are serifs, the flourishes that fonts have, which in real life is the bane of those of us with Erlen syndrome, which so often goes hand in hand with our dyslexic brains. The attitude of the rest of this unnamed society, the sneers, the avoidance, the disbelief, adds an extra layer of meaning. It would be easy for society to add serifs to stop the suffering of a significant minority. However, if they did that, they would have to give up their bliss. And they're not going to. This directly mirrors my experience in education and the workplace as a neurodiverse person. People, yes, even the people who you would think would be understanding of disability, stop understanding the moment they are inconvenienced or have their self-image challenged by someone else's needs. Spoiler alert, people, especially people in positions of power, put their self-image first. It's the double-edged sword of hidden disability. You can pass, but only when the neurotypical want you to. Most writing about dyslexia is aimed at children and a you-can-be-anything-you-want-to-be mindset of empty platitudes to give them confidence. However, without the structural changes that are needed to the rest of society to create a world in which neurodiverse people can do more than just survive, it is a confidence we have been asked to build on quicksand, which means that, at least for me, Writing about dyslexia does not tend to reflect the reality that people live with, but rather a sunlit upland where every adversity is overcome by some super inner strength on the behalf of the neurodiverse to graduate to a societal category of inspo porn. And all the ignorant happily realise their mistakes and don't feel any shame or need to lash out over it. 
In short, it is fantasy and it's taken a move into the sci-fi thriller genre to give a realistic portrayal of what the adversity of dyslexia truly feels like. For myself, and I think for many others, this is groundbreaking. There are so many other parts in Hellsands I admire. Dundas packs in comment on so many issues lightly, the way one might skim a stone across the pond. There is the first time I've read a book where a female protagonist has had to deal with her period while on the run. It was only when I read this that I suddenly realised how bizarre it is that it's never been mentioned in fiction I've read before, outside of YA coming-of-age stories. Dundas also claims the imperfect body as a full expression of self, the constant unsolicited advice about meditation, which becomes increasingly irritating and irrelevant, and the direct mapping of autoimmune disease onto the allergy. The narrative itself is not a simple one, which bludgeons the reader over the head in order to make a writer's rather blunt points. Too often, writers think characters woodenly espousing a viewpoint is enough to have dealt with an issue. Instead, Hail Sands is elegant, tricky. It twists and doubles back on itself. It exists in layers and at times becomes something quite different, dipping into abstract and concrete poetry when a scene calls for it. First and foremost, though, this is a book about disability, which one could call the forgotten minority. In Hell Sands, though Dundas has managed to articulate the neurodiverse experience through body horror, and honestly, if you are squeamish about bodily fluids, this book is not for you, there is an increasingly recognised school of thought, which in the West has probably been introduced to most through The Body Keeps the Score, in which it's positive that it is the body, not the mind, that remembers trauma, and therefore to truly heal trauma, we need to start in the body. By placing the effects of the allergy in the physical manifestation, Dundas has found the perfect medium to help the neurodiverse explain to the neurotypical what it's like to live in their world. And it is a stroke close to genius to do it with the body rather than the brain, which is the seat of neurodiversity. It is not just the effects on the soul that Dundas has got right, it's all the othering and the dislike of disability from society. At the heart of Hell Sands is the unspoken question that all of us with disability come to ask themselves sooner or later. Is it me who is disabled? Or is the real disability society's inability to cope with difference? It is so human that when faced with problems, our society would rather pretend they did not exist and that everything is perfect, just like the one in Hell Sands, rather than confront the reality that our lives may be materially better than other generations. But this thing as a whole is messy, disorganised, flawed, and at its worst, killing us all. It is uncomfortable because none of us as individuals wants to admit that we are all part of the problem. We are all complicit and we all have egos that would rather tell the story of us being a good guy than do the hard, punishing, thankless and uncompromising task of making change happen. Moving these issues out of the pages of newspapers and third sector reports and into the playground of the imagination builds a world where it is easier for us to explore what is happening today.
There was a time that at least some of the British press were regularly reporting on the myriad cruelties dished out to the disabled in this country in the guise of austerity. With the trouble caused by Brexit and a terminally unstable government, we no longer hear about what is happening. But you can bet that with the oncoming winter and cost of living crisis, things are moving into an area past grim and disabled people will yet again find themselves paying the price for the wrongs of others and at best props to enable political careers. This being the case, gutsy and unflinching writers like Dundas are exactly the kind of writers we need to be reading and celebrating now more than ever. The way Dundas's imaginary society sets up the binary of neurodiverse against neurotypicals, where the only win can be for the neurotypicals, is such a well-developed and highly meaningful depiction of how neurodiverse people have to navigate everyday life. I have become vocally evangelical about this novel. I can't stop telling people about it or recommending it, which brings me on to the thorny issue of art. There are many definitions of art, all of which are valid viewpoints. However, the function of art is often to reflect back to us our own lives in a way that helps us untangle and understand them. If we accept that art's primary function is this, then Hell Sands is possibly the most important piece of art that has been created on the subject of dyslexia. But I fervently hope it is not the last. Keep your ears peeled to the podcast for an interview with Ever Dundas soon. And for more sci-fi thrillers, check out my review of London in Black. You have been listening to True Crime Fiction, the podcast that is feeding your addiction to all things crime. You can find our website at true-crime-fiction.com, on Twitter at true underscore crime underscore fic, on Facebook and Instagram as True Crime Fiction. Please rate and review on the podcast app of your choice. Music is by Kitty Kitty Meow Meow.